You try it. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry. You're a little better at it than I am. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're getting excited for The Mandalorian's second season this Friday week. Oh, it's so close. It's I can so... eat it with candy corn, so I, that's all that matters. Uh, uh, mentally, I'm still in March. <laughs> Physically, we're at the end of October, so we'll we'll take a look at that. Justice League is bringing back all the DC side characters you know and love for oh Justice League. Oh my gosh. I was trying to think of a pun. Like, you know, it's the Snyder cut, but it's getting wider, so it's mm-hmm. the wider cut. Oh, I saved that just for you. Here, here's the thing. I don't think he's cutting anything. That's the problem. It's not the <laughs> Snyder cut. It's the Snyder edition, really. He's gluing. He's done yeah. cutting. He's gluing. <laughs> yeah, he is He is finding uh, these actors in other movies and just taking those frames and putting them in here. Well, yeah, take the glue away from him. Probably going to get a whole Citizen Kane right in the middle of it. <laughs> so we've got that going for us. Uh, we get our first look at the Uncharted movie. It's actually filming, Mike. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And more. Yeah, it's funny that the Uncharted movie is here, but I don't even know who the director is. I'm sure you can enlighten me uh, once we get to that part of the show. But, like, yeah, they've been running through directors just as fast as The Flash has been Mm -hmm. running through directors. So uh, it's also one of those – it's like a cursed uh, Sony video game property. You know, you never know if it's actually going to take off, but – Tom Holland has been Mm -hmm. seen in the costume, so it's it's off and running. Oh, and we got more for that, Mike, stuff you haven't even seen yet. So we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But, I mean, we've always joked, will it or won't it? kind of happen and you know what was it they they got a day before filming and then they everything closed down earlier this year so um they got to get tom holland before he either grows up or goes to film more spider-man movies uh, you just day. reminded me of simpler times when david letterman was on the air and he had that bit will it float do you remember that that was great you're no. just like yeah will it float you if you if you're unaware it was just this an asinine sketch that just would uh, almost seemed like to fill time, but it was like the most entertaining thing. And if you think about it, there's I'm sure there's tons of social media accounts that are strictly for will things float now that I think about it. But it's, yeah, he would just bring out like something like a watermelon. And he'd be like, all right, do we think it's going to float? And he would just ask the people like on, on the yeah. set, like, hey, do you think this is going to float? And then they dunk it in and the crowd would cheer or whatever. Man, simpler times, right? Oh, well, you win a no prize for that one, Mike. Uh, that, <laughs> that reminds me of the, the YouTube channel, Will It Blend? Oh, uh, yeah. Where, where they put everything from brand new expensive-ass iPhones to uh, you know packs of gum in a blender, and they just oh. see if it'll blend. Shout out for my favorite new Twitter account. It's called Gripping Food with Force. Oh, yep. It's, yep. <laughs> I just found that. It's just all, it's usually just a two photo formula of uh, a, a food product in somebody's hand. Then the second photo is them gripping it. And then I don't know if they're taking like a burst shot on their phone or they're just really lucky with their shutter, but they usually get it. Uh, a great shot of it kind of exploding or smooshing or spraying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, so uh, No food is safe that. from from this force gripping. No yeah. food is safe. I've seen Twinkies and, and you know, real whole meals and everything. So <laughs> Sometimes people get clever with it. Like, um, 
Uh, somebody uh, had a handful of peanuts, and then in the crushed photo, it was peanut butter. So, you know, I think that's okay every once in a while, yeah. but I want my crushing food with force, or gripping food with force to be pure. I want a pure experience because, like, honestly, it's just very satisfying to be like, yeah, sometimes you do just want to squeeze that food, mm-hmm. even though you do want to eat it. I want to see it squeezed first. Well, I, I, I 100% agree with that. Gotta leave it unadulterated. <laughs> uh, I'm going to jump into, uh, this isn't our news yet. We're, we're going to get there, but um, I feel vindicated a little bit but, but to, to Mike's chagrin. Uh, we, me and, and friend of the show, Quentin Parker, have been, have been giving you some, some ribbon on this one for the past six months. Uh, Quibi is officially shutting down um, on December 1st, they announced this week. Um, it went through the trades pretty quickly, uh, but like the day before, I just sent you, hey, they put the Apple TV app and the Fire Stick TV and the Roku Stick, you know, apps on there, so you can watch Quibi on your TV now. Then they're like, now nah, we're we're not doing it anymore. So and I will feel vindicated just after that because that was a weird whirlwind of news because we <laughs> said on the show before that whenever they get around to putting Quibi on TVs, when they said so strictly this is a mobile on the go experience only, once they put it on TVs, they are desperate that is their last ditch effort to get people to watch their stuff then the next day yeah uh, i mean to be fair it's insider information apparently it's a very um it's a very secure and uh and trustworthy source from the inside that's saying quibi is shutting down so i don't know if we've officially they, they, gotten they word okay they, that's so why we have the, the date now they, they after it leaked on like that that was a wednesday or something thursday the next mm-hmm. day they were like yes we will turn off all of our services on december 1st um, which is interesting because I saw a video today. Um, you're, you're a big fan of the Cranberry video with uh, Fleetwood Mac, right? Um, yeah. So they're still filming the newest season of Reno 911 for Quibi. And, yeah, that was wild to see that. And and they're still – so they had uh, one of the guys, I think his name's Cedric uh, Yarbrough. He was doing the – humming the, the – the, that song with everyone in there, like in the in there, so they had like the whole the whole crew of Real Nine One One. I think it was yesterday even, uh, and um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is apparently in it as well, wearing an eye patch. So I was like, oh, what well, what do you do with a show that's currently in production if if it's not gonna you know stream on this service? Will it sell? Will it go to somewhere else? Will these rights essentially will they sell them to other? online yeah. distributors yeah, or from, what? from what I've hear from what I'm hearing is they're selling it for parts. Yeah. You know, obviously you can sell some of the content and maybe if some of it's good enough, uh, maybe uh, another streaming service like I don't know Paramount Plus that's maybe trying to uh, entice some viewers might buy some Quibi shows on the cheap then produce uh, season 2s. I could easily see um, who owns Comedy Central? Is that Viacom? Viacom. Oh. So that would be Paramount Plus. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, so that's why so, I thought you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So Paramount Plus could be uh, poised to maybe buy this uh, second season of Reno 911. In the first. They could, ha- they could have like a little shorts section, or maybe mm-hmm. they'll just stitch them all together to make something they're, like uh, 30 minutes. There. Yeah. They. They felt. I mean, again, it's a skit show, right? Like you. You really. When you watch Reno 911, you don't know when it's going to start and end. So. Uh, they could definitely put it in the 30 minutes or just put up the 10 minute episodes. I mean, it, that works for, uh, on HBO, uh, uh, max. I was like, is it go? Yeah. Is it now? I'm like, which one does I have a uh, regular show, right? That's a 10 minute episode. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, as revolutionary as you may or may not think the turnstile feature of Quibi was, I believe in some fashion, it was patented technology mm-hmm. that they um, that they licensed um, that they could license out to somebody else, you know, or I guess in this case, sell to somebody. So who knows? Maybe like Apple or Netflix might buy that 
bit of Quibi up. So just in case they wanted to do that in the future, they only they have the ability to do that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can see I can see Apple, a, a mobile device maker, and they're trying to bolster their Apple um, TV Plus mm-hmm. uh, offerings, probably doing something gimmicky like that for something. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I again, I, I hate to see it suffer. I, I just it came out at a weird time, right? And and suffered that no one was going anywhere and watching things on their phone anymore. Um, <laughs> also, I would say uh, TikTok rose very, very quickly over mm-hmm. this year. You know, I'm, I'm an old man that's slow on the upkeep now, or I guess uptick now. And it seems like TikTok really uh, took off over this pandemic, or at least started to kind of eclipse the popularity of like Snapchat and Instagram. So, I mean, if you're looking for mobile entertainment, I mean, Quibi wasn't just battling with streaming services. It was battling with social media services for short form content. So, I mean, with a pandemic on top of that, I mean, uh, at yeah. the end of the day, like I always say, do not feel bad for any of these rich people no. that invested in Quibi. They, you know, they, they either deserve all of their money being ripped away from them or they'll just, they just have more money to uh, bounce back on. Yeah. It was, it was, a calculated risk that they knew if they suffered they could still survive yeah, i thought the i thought the best sentiments were um creators were tweeting yeah. um like stand-up comedian that i really like ron funches he he tweeted uh like rest in peace quibi thanks for giving me all that money because i think he had a contract for a show i don't know if it ever made it to the streaming app or if he just got paid and produced some of it don't really know what the the timeline was for his stuff but you know cool people like ron funches he got some money out of quibi so you know mm-hmm. it wasn't all that bad <laughs> yeah no and i i think uh again as a as an on and off fan of reno 911 again skit show very hit i i think that that's great that they were able to bring all the cast together and do new episodes uh, even mm-hmm. though some of them were successful so um I, I think that there is a home for small form content it's just what a horrible fucking time to come out so um sorry to see it go but uh we love to watch you leave i guess r.i.p yeah so uh that's gonna bring us into the corn stream mike um i i did i talk about something i don't know i'll figure it out later i'll think i'll, I'll go back <laughs> later notes but i'm gonna let you kick it off because you, you again you've been watching more stuff than me this week what's up on the yeah stream? Finally finished Orphan Black, so I thought I would chime back in. I told y'all I'd have it finished by this episode. Uh, Last week, we were finishing up season three. The week before that, we had just started it. So uh, after five seasons, we finally wrapped it up. I'm glad it had a good ending. You know, I'm not going to spoil it here, but I feel like with any sort of drama-type show, once I get towards the last quarter of the series, you know, once you get about 75% of the way through, I start to get a little nervous because I've been let down before. Uh, See Dexter, see Game of Thrones. You just really want them... They don't even have to stick the landing. Just don't fall completely over. So I would have to say they, they stuck the they stuck the ending. They stu- it, was a good, it was a good satisfying time. If you just need something to sit down and binge, which a lot of people need during this time, mm-hmm. uh, Orphan Black over on Amazon Prime, I can recommend it. It's very consistent. You know, it keeps its quality up through all the way to the end. So uh, um, a round of applause for Orphan Black. Uh, there you go yeah next up to get back into the halloween spirit you know i like to jump into stuff that maybe i was a little bit too afraid to watch when i was younger because as i said before i'm a big scaredy baby of scary movies so i don't really have a big uh library of stuff to pull from of things that i've watched but 
uh, I, I made my wife watch Jeepers Creepers with mm-hmm. me because I, I kind of knew what it was about. Uh, so we checked this out, and I was surprised to see Justin Long in it. Uh, oh. I don't know. I, I, I don't know any other any of the other actors in it, but Justin Long's is in it. Well, I will also tell you, and this doesn't ruin it. He's in the sequel. Yes, which I was very confused. You yep. know, I, I guess you can infer what you want out of that. But the these two movies, Jeepers Creepers one and two, are streaming on HBO. So the thumbnails are side by side, and the thumbnails are screenshots from the film. They're not like covers, kind of like how yep. Netflix does it. So Justin Long is in the thumbnail for the second one, and I I like I yelled at my wife when she was out of the room. I was like, babe, Justin Long's in the second one? So uh, we're going to have to check that one yeah. out to see what's going on there. Um, yeah, I, but, I, I, I watched that as a, you know, as a, I guess, high schooler era you know, when it came out. Yeah, so <laughs> like I remember having this. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I don't dig on, on scary movies, but this was such an interesting premise for that yeah, the kind of movie. Two, yeah, two things I really like about it. Uh, Jeepers Creepers does a good job at the very beginning scaring you or at least kind of creeping you out in broad daylight, mm-hmm. which I think is a hard thing to do. And you are very familiar with growing up in the middle of nowhere yes, in the country. very much so. <laughs> uh, a little less so than me, but uh, even in either even in Indiana, if you're going between two cities, you're always going to be driving through like a big empty cornfield. So uh, you can get that feeling no matter where you want in the Midwest. So uh, it is a very interesting location to kind of play with when it comes to like a scary movie and uh, I just love the tension that they built up at the beginning of the film. It becomes something totally different in the second half. It yeah. becomes just a straight-up monster movie that sometimes is kind of funny, but not intentionally. But, you know, the monster just does some kind of cool, creepy stuff, uh, but kind of the mystery around him kind of gets uh, dropped yeah. once he goes full-on monster. And, and I think it does a great job cre- like building this world up where this this thing can't exist, this, this mm-hmm. one creature using literally an old 1910 song as the backdrop for this whole film. Oh, yeah, that makes it extra creepy. Yeah, right? and then playing it on the record player. It's just the atmosphere is there, but it's not like it's not like your A movie. Like, this isn't your tentpole blockbuster. This was definitely a B movie fun project someone was doing and happened to grab up-and-coming Justin Long of the yeah. 2000s. Yeah, and not this is definitely not scary enough. If you have like somebody that as a friends or family that just cannot handle scary movies, I think they can handle this. Mm-hmm. You know, So this might be fun if they kind of want to dip their toes into maybe something a little outside of a hocus-pocus. You know, no judgment intended. Yeah. Uh, but uh, jumping off of Jeepers Creepers, today we just started watching the, like, the number one uh, most talked-about spooky thing this season is the haunting of Bly Manor which uh, I confirmed when I clicked on it on Netflix is kind of part of the haunting of Hill House kind of uh, I guess world because uh, they kind of Netflix categorizes them side by side when you click into it but uh, from what I can tell after watching two episodes you do not have to watch the other one to understand what's going on Hill so here so it seems like they're doing more of an anthology here yes but the haunting of Bly Manor has been really fun because Chris you're a filmmaker so you understand compositions and shots and tension and stuff like that so this has been a really fun time for me because it's sometimes it's fun Fun being scared, but also it's just fun watching a character walk 
down a really dark, spooky hallway, but they give you all of this negative space to like the right or the left side of the frame, and you just know something's hiding in it. So like every time they go to like a big wide shot, I'm like squinting and I'm looking all around the scene because they're hiding like these kind of I don't really I don't know if they're ghost jet, I don't know if they're demons, I don't know if people are sneaking into the house. I don't exactly know what's going on, but people are very silhouetted in the background and like you can just kind of see a bit of like a hat stick out and it's like oh that's not a that's not a hat rack somebody's back there so um my my wife is hating every minute of it i would Hmm. say in a good way because she is terrified of it but it's just so fun because you know you do the normal kind of scenes where you're kind of building character relationships and you're kind of learning a little bit more about the mystery of this manor and then bam nighttime hits and somebody's walking like into like uh like a dark kitchen and like like and you're just like oh what's hiding in the corner what's over there and things starting like like we're only in episode two but things are slowly starting to get creepier and creepier and creepier which usually you can't do with a scary movie because like at most you have like what maybe two and a half hours three i don't think i've ever seen a scary movie that's three hours long but you only have so much time to where you gotta kind of wrap up the story but this is nine episodes so they're just slowly uh slowly turning up the creepiness and it's getting it's getting tense man yeah so like you know the way i've been introduced to this series it is a sequel loosely to the haunting of hill house um and my understanding is you can correct me if I'm wrong they use the same set sets from the haunting of hill house in this is that oh i have no idea because i have not seen haunting of I, hill house <laughs> i believe they use the same sets because that, that's how they were able to turn it around so quickly um, oh and, but they, they dressed oh. it up differently but made it look you know it's the same sets. you can tell if you look closely but like it's supposed to be like the same staircases and the same thing. I could be wrong. This is how it was presented to me. But, I mean, I, if that's the case, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I mean, that could be very true. But also, if if it's intentional, I mean, they're going for very classic haunted house looks. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like the grand foyers. You have like the big staircases. The kind of the, the larger kind of farmhouse kitchen feel to it. Yeah. You know, you have all of these different rooms and long hallways. So, yeah. e- so even if the, it is a reuse set, like it's intentionally like, oh, yeah, well, they're yeah. going for a very well, particular look that people are familiar with and these are the same actors from the haunting of hill house in just different roles so they're doing the um what is they're that doing the american horror story yes thing? that's what it is so these are the same actors from uh haunting right. of hill house in different well in i roles, guess so. you can count me in as jumping in at season two and skipping season yeah. one but yeah we're having a really a really fun time yeah. if i remember like since i haven't seen you know i guess we can call it the first season i think that's more of a modern piece and this one takes place in the late 80s yeah so it's at least far enough apart. Well, yeah, they're, they're not they're not connected yeah. because the, again, the act like I said, the actors play different roles. Mm. So, I, but I mean, that means you can jump in. But I think that's cool. Like that's what they want to do with it. Like that's how you do the approach if you got the great the, yeah. the creative force behind it. Yeah, and it's been. I'm just saying, it's been a it's been a fun time. I love it when they're trying to hide stuff with the lighting, and you know, we've had like some creepy things happening in the background, but you know, it's all in like rack focus. So like, I'm like, what is back there? I can't quite see it. They don't want to show me, and then they kind of bring it in the focus, and then the scene cuts. So they're doing some really clever filmmaking. So if you just want like a, if you just want some high tension, I would almost say I I would describe it as fun. I'm having fun. So that's the haunting of Bly Manor. 
And then probably like maybe the most popular thing this week, and I don't know if Chris, you've gotten around to watch it yet. Uh, Borat Two. No, that dropped on Amazon Prime at the end of the last week. Yep. No, not yet. Um, as I explained some of the um, work issues I've been having uh, to you earlier, uh, I've not had time to go watch anything. Uh, but this is on my to watch list. Um, the, again, I'm, you've watched it. The reviews are coming in very, very hot. So I'm like, I want to do it, but I need to pay attention to it. I don't need distractions. So I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, um, we went to a, uh, a socially distanced uh, backyard to watch it with a few other people. So I got to have the experience of watching it with, a, you know, albeit small audience. So that was really, really fun. Uh, my wife had never seen any of the Borat or the Bruno stuff or, you know, I even haven't seen the Ali G stuff, but, you know, I had mm-hmm. seen his other other films. So this was a fun, a fun experiment for her to jump into Borat. And uh, uh, she can safely say you don't you, you do not need to see Borat 1 in order to understand Borat 2. They actually do a, a good job at the beginning of this film kind of uh, letting you know where Borat is now and how he got there, which involves kind of things that happen in the first one. So, uh, yeah, definitely not safe for kids, <laughs> just like all of Sasha Baron Cohen stuff. But uh, Borat 2 was great. Uh, the first one, I think, had a little bit more like, whoa, moments, but Borat 2 is still hilarious, and you got to watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on my to do list. So so hopefully we can do that. The only thing I didn't get to do this week, as I said I was going to, was watch Hellstrom. So I feel bad about that. But <laughs> don't feel bad. I've about got that, all week. To, I've <laughs> got all week to get to get towards to Halloween. Um, for that, and and you know, some of the I want to watch some classic movies, Mike. I don't want to watch the horror mm. stuff. I want to watch like Ghostbusters this week or something like well, that. Okay. Because because yeah. did you know that Bustin makes me feel good? <laughs> Bustin makes me feel good. exactly. You get it. You get it. They put they put Ghostbusters skins in Fortnite today. So you can run around and shoot people with assault rifles as Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Halloween time. There's only like two Halloween songs, right? I mean, after Monster Mash, mm-hmm. you listen to the Ghostbusters theme song, and then what do you do after that? Just uh, turn the playlist maybe, on repeat? Maybe Werewolves of London? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that there's some spooky stuff, but it's just like those are like those are number two. Well, if, there, if there's like a Halloween playlist, you got to have those two on Exactly, there. exactly. So Ghostbusters is actually going to be our first topic here because we have some bad news. Let's get the bad news out of the way. Um, they have moved Ghostbusters back in the summer of 2021 from spring of 2021. So, so March to June. Uh, Sony, I, I think, is very committed to not releasing anything during a um, pandemic when the theaters are pretty much shuttered or at partial capacity. So this we may see more Sony properties moving back, especially the other zombie movie. Or not zombie. Yeah, vampire movie, Morbius. So um, be prepared for more of that. But I just want to kind of get that out of the way. Um, I'm excited to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's got a huge, big cast. The uh, son of the original director, Ivan Reitman, um, is is in it, and it should be good to go. So, yeah, let's uh, hopefully everything's safe by summer next year. Yeah, gotta knock on wood. I really, I really want to see a movie, Mike. I want to see something new. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's that's fine. Instead, I've been taking up to reading. I told you I, I was reading Dune, right? I actually finished it this week. Um, oh, how, how'd that go? Good? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a lot to take in. It just, uh, nothing against it. It just kind of ends abruptly, but I know there's like eight other books in this franchise or more. So um, I, I think it's fun. I think there's a lot of words I can't pronounce out loud, um, but I, in my head <laughs> I, I was making them up as I go. But it's very interesting. It's a it's a space sci-fi but it's not concerned about sci-fi and politics uh or sci-fi like the the science behind it it's more about the politics and stuff like that so i like i said it's a it's a sandy version of game of thrones if you will but um, (laughs) i recommend it but that's not it the wakanda files a book based around 
um, Shuri's notes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe between the Avengers movies and Black Panther has been released um, out in the wild. And this is technically an, an official MCU tie-in book, Mike. Um, and it covers everything from Infinity Stones to Tesseracts, which we know are the same thing, alternate timelines, notes from Tony Stark when he was studying timelines, uh, genetic anomalies for people living in Sokovia, wink, wink, and more. Um, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, so so that there are like a dozen or more articles about stuff from this book that came out this week. Like, So everyone was like, this is in the MCU, and this is MCU. So one of the examples is, um, if you want to learn more about it, they said that the people in Sokovia were more um, prone to have genetic anomalies in their DNA. So that's why they chose to experiment on them with the um, Mind Stone in Sokovia. They didn't just choose it randomly. Okay, so they-, they weren't genetically modified from like the city falling down. That was before any of that ever happened. Yes, correct. So... That's why the, the people are like, maybe they're leaning into this that maybe Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were mutants and the Mind Stone just activated their powers. Uh, really, when I think about this, I, I just, I like to think about, you know, what are all of the meetings that happened before this book could be written, right? You know, it, it, like, is this actually a, a narrative or is this just kind of one of those novelty books where like, it's not really chapters, but it's just like, oh, here's a section of just, here are things that are fun things that yeah. define in Wakanda. It, here is another pet, you know, section of, here's the animals that live in the area. It, it's a mixture of both because it's told from Shuri's point of view, but uh, it is like, she's just finding like notes or like recordings or like documents from like Bruce Banner or or Tony Mm -hmm. Stark and stuff like that as like they were going like she, she, she actually considers from this book um, that Hank Pym is one of the smartest people in the MCU um, because he was able, because Tony Stark uses mechanical parts, which are prone to failure. And um, Hank Pym was able to create particles to move things without actually creating moving parts. So it's just crazy that whoever wrote this book definitely at least had one meeting with like Kevin Feige. Oh, I, I guarantee like, you these are the post-it <laughs> notes that fell off the board that they didn't use. And they was like, Hey, you can have these. Make yeah. Sure because, because this almost seems like strategic because I mean, really, if you think about it in the grand scheme of the MCU and the amount of money that they print, how much is this really going to financially uh, benefit them? Like it's going to be negligible uh, when you look at it as like a line item on yeah. a spreadsheet for this entire universe. So this almost seems like a very strategic publication of just like, let's just get some of this finer information out there. Let it uh, disseminate through the big MCU fans. So when we start to play with this stuff in the future, in the movies, it's not so, it's not so abrupt. Like, you know, yeah. like when we start to tell the mutant story, you know, and we say that the mutants possibly are, Originated in Sokovia, at least you know we have a little bit of a we have a little bit of like a moment of the past of like oh this was seeded officially you know mm. yeah a, and a little it, bit ago and it could literally easily be retconned again in any movie if they wanted to and just like well it was just a book for fun like yeah it, exactly it, they can they can have their cake and eat it too yeah, with this is no concrete thing it's just fun for people who want to dive into it like I have the Marvel cinematic comic books right. They're not canon, but they're fun to have some little little information in there. Uh, you know, again, the the first one they had Fury's big week ties of Iron Man two, Thor, and Hulk together in the same week of the universe. So, mm-hmm. um, it was just little fun stuff like that. I think I think it was cool. What's also fun about this is what are the little beads like, that are called in Black Panther? Do you remember what those are called? No, oh, I have no idea. Um, they're made of vibranium. Apparently, they comes up with that has like a little black light reader, and you can hold it to the book to see like hidden messages in the pages. Oh, that's and stuff fun. like that. So I'm like, oh. That's that's a little 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 bit of a fun thing. So, 
Um, this book I think is retailing for sixty dollars right now. So if you want, if you see, pick it up, great for Christmas Damn, presents. I thought this, I thought this was going to be like maybe fifteen, twenty bucks. Okay, that's oh. like well, they might make a little bit more this, money off it, but really not that. This much. is <laughs> it's a hardcover. It's a big book. It, it's it's a large uh, collection of things. It reminds me of like what what do they do for Star Wars? A visual dictionaries kind of thing. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So like large pages, hardcover stuff like that. I might I might put it on one of my Christmas lists because that would be really fun to to kind of dig into. On the flip side of Marvel, uh, Shang-Chi has finished principal photography um, on the film now. Was that so. supposed to be a pun because he's a kung fu master and does flips a lot? Yes. <laughs> I'll own it. I'll own it. Only only because you let me have Busted Makes Me Feel Good at the yeah. top, at top of the sh- you know top what? list. Who doesn't feel good with a little bit of Busted? Exactly. I mean, ghosts, ghosts don't. They, they're like, <laughs> I don't want to get Busted. This is not what I signed up for. I'm here to haunt. But... Again, back on topic. I, I was told we should have a thing, uh, like a sound clip in here, whenever we bring something back to the topic of the show, like superheroes, like how we did with uh, what was it? Death becomes her. This the Alan oh, Silvestri yeah. well, back. Like we should have I like just a. Feel, uh, it's like I feel guilty if I detour too much, so I, I gotta I gotta weave it back around yeah. some way. Yeah, it's it's fun to do. Uh, but Chang Chi, Legend of Ten Rings, Rat Principal Fire. What that means is all the main action scenes with the actors are done they will probably be doing b-unit stuff um secondary filming for background stuff like that uh, b-roll um but this kind of puts it on course for release next summer right like they're if that's done just little wrap-ups here and there um what what are they called reshoots uh later so Simu Liu, who is going to be Shang-Chi, he was in an episode of Orphan Black in the last season. Uh, they, <laughs> Orphan Black, that's shot in Ontario, actually ran through all of the Canadian actors in Ontario, it seemed like. So it's happy to see Simu Liu uh, on screen whenever I can. So uh, he really knows how to use his Twitter account. He's really funny. He knows how to engage. So I'm really looking forward to this drop-in so he can have like the big fame that I think he's earned. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited to see it and, and see what kind of story it tells. Uh, you know, it's a, a martial arts film, really, in the MCU, and, and we've not had one of those yet. And uh, yeah, hopefully it ties in the Ten Rings, which is seated in Iron Man 1, Mike. That's how that's how back the Ten Rings go. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, this is breaking right before we started recording. We were actually talking uh, before we recorded. Hawkeye um, has confirmed it will be filming in Atlanta, Georgia, but at the Tyler Perry Studios. Ooh, and I hope you're ready, and I hope you're happy that you're listening to the Superhero Slate, because we looked it up on Google Images to let you know exactly how far apart Tyler Perry Studios is and the MCU. Uh, what, what, what were those called? What's the the Trillith Studio. It was yeah, originally Trillith. Pinewood, Atlanta. We talked last week. I think it was renamed Trillith. Uh, they are 20... 20- five miles away from each other um <laughs> i don't know i don't know why you need to know that but that's the first thing that popped up in my head it's just like were they like across the street i've never been to atlanta it's a big open area but i was like maybe there's just one big warehouse district where they mm-hmm. film everything no. that's not really the case they're uh they're about like 30 minutes apart if you were i because i put in the driving instructions yeah, it, it, take it, you about 30 minutes to we, go we do the research you want to do but you're you forget about it because you're driving in the car listening to us uh we pulled it up um um, was a, a Tyler Perry Studios are more downtown, uh, if you will, Atlanta and um, proper. And Trillith is more, um, uh, was it Fayetteville, which is south of that. And we look, yeah. looks like they're building some new buildings down there at Trillith. So some expansions, if you will. 
Yeah, there was like a we were stalking it on the on the Google satellite, and like I said before, like I don't know if it was uh, last week or the week before, but uh, people of Atlanta get some high powered binoculars and head out to these studios. Like there there doesn't seem to be a big gigantic wall. I mean, if you're out here in LA, there's big old walls blocking it from mm-hmm. even looking inside. But like I was on Street View and I could like see the front door. So like get your binoculars out and. To be fair, well, I think we have to say what billionaire Tyler Perry, yeah. Tyler Perry Studios. So Marvel's just given him a little bit more money, and, but and that and that ties <laughs> back to the Hallelujah I, I dropped at the top of the show. So uh, I mean, I think I mean it's whatever. Wherever they got to film it, they're going to film it. I don't think this affects the production too much. Um, it just they're putting a lot of eggs in Atlanta's basket right now with yeah. Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, and what was the other when they're filming down there? Uh, I think it's uh, one Falcon? of them. No, it, I think it's a movie. It's one of the films, um, but we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. So. There's, I think there's, there's one bit, oh, there's one bit of speculation. Maybe we could pull from this. I mean, Tyler Perry is a little infamous for working with uh, actors and people outside of the unions. That's kind of how he makes stuff on the cheap and gets a really big return on a lot of his stuff. So if you have a whole studio filled with a lot of people that aren't tied to. Uh, tied to like the union workings of Hollywood and you're shooting a big MCU thing within Tyler Perry Studios. I'm just saying there's a chance that we might have um, some leaks coming out of uh, Tyler Perry Studios because, you know, you got just like randos off the street who are like hired by Tyler Perry, you know, on the cheap to to be in like one scene of a movie, like carrying a smartphone around like, oh, shit, is that Jeremy Renner? And, um, you know, he's got a bow and let's take a picture of that. So I don't know, maybe we'll see a couple extra Hawkeye uh, set shots mm-hmm. that normally we would see i'm hoping to get some casting announcements on this pretty soon uh we've said um uh i forgot her name i just had it on the tip of my tongue was supposed to be kate bishop um the chick from bumblebee uh he said it's not Haley, is it yeah. uh Haley steinfeld Haley steinfeld it is. there it is uh so hopefully we get some casting studios and get this rolling before too long we need that content speaking of content we're going to space this this next friday mike the mandalorian season two is dropping on disney plus yes premium content that's what i'm talking about and and here's the thing some people work at home can watch it on the easy mike looking at you um (laughs) some people have to go into work and can't watch it till i get home looking at me so um try not to send us anything throughout the day wait till saturday (laughs) at least uh before you tell us anything we will love to talk to you about it yes but give us some time to do it uh, because uh, I, this this first episode is rumored to be 52 minute long. Ooh. That is the longest episode so far of The Mandalorian. The previous ones from season one were 35 to 45 minutes. So sounds like they're going a little longer, pushing that narrative a little farther for this. Um, I mean, that's good. They've established a lot of stuff already, so um, it looks like maybe we can really dive into some deep mm-hmm. Star Wars lore. Exactly. We know who the characters are. We know what they're up against. So where's this going to go, Mike? Are we going to get any cameos in, in episode one? Well, I mean, that's I mean that's the big question, right? The biggest uh, spoiler that would have been from season one is we got Baby Yoda, or the child, in the very first episode. So if you weren't on top of Mando, as soon as it dropped, you were already behind. You were seeing all the memes already. You're like, wait, what's going on here? Oh, man, this is all spoiled for me. You know, mm-hmm. so if we're going to have that big moment in that first episode of season two, yeah, you got to be on it quick. You got to be on it. Stay off the internet. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to stay off as long as I can, as much as I can. And um, it, it is, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a long day, but I'm excited for this. I'm excited to have some new content, dive back into 
some quality Star Wars, Mike. We haven't had quality Star Wars in a hot minute. Um, yeah. I and- mean, if you're, it's so weird. If you're an American, Episode One and Episode Two could possibly bookend a very, very large election that's taking up all of the air and all of the news cycles here in this country. So it's weird to think that Episode One drops. Maybe we'll have uh, the results from an election, mm-hmm. and then we can watch Episode Two. It's just really bizarre imagining like those three things yeah. happening in order it's definitely uh, an event filled uh fall for sure <laughs> Whew, yes. so um yeah it's exciting to see the mandalorian and come back into some content that we can talk about probably won't cover it till the end just to be safe but i'm excited to 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 get back in there see what we got mm-hmm. uh speaking of that though um ewan mcgregor was on set in season one possibly season two to do camera tests in his old robes for the obi-wan show Oh, nice. Uh, I, I, I mean, what? It's probably safe to say that every Star Wars show is probably going to use that volume mm-hmm. shooting set, right? I mean, they've kind of set it up to like, this is how we make Star Wars. Now. I heard somebody else had built one of those and they were doing it. Um, maybe down in Australia. I think maybe Marvel is doing one in Australia for Thor mm-hmm. um, and somewhere else. So, um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's really what they should do. But also, like, the director of uh, the Mandalorian, um, I think it was the one of the episodes. I've got to pull it up here because I don't have the director's names in front of me, and I feel bad for it. Um, is 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 in charge? Deborah Chow is in charge of Obi Wan show by herself. So yes, she would have to bring him. Like this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna use the same studio over and over again. The the volume to make our show. So uh, I'm excited I, for I, that. I, I, I'm really curious how the volume's going to evolve over time, right? I mean, they, they've really figured out how they want it to to work for Mandalorian, and I suppose it could even evolve there over the seasons, but I wonder if it'll take different shapes, mm-hmm. because as, we, as we've seen in the behind the scenes, it's kind of like a, like, a, it's like a dome, right, that you can fit props in and screens all around, but I wonder if they'll maybe like make pipes or tubes, you know, because as of right now, a character can only walk so far between left and right, but what if you made something like longer and skinnier, right? I mean, historically, it seems like so many like science fiction TV shows always take place in like these like corridors or these hallways of like spaceships. You know, you just throw a bunch of crap on the walls that look science fictiony, and oh, bam, you got a hallway for like a for a spaceship, right? Or like a big spaceship. So it'd be cool if they maybe made a volume that was a really long tube, and you could kind of do these really long walk and talks. Right? Well, as, as the first volume was essentially um, a demo project for John Favreau, right? Um, mm-hmm. I definitely see them as a like, look, this technology works. Green screens are thing now of the past we're going to be doing all our backgrounds live um in in the unreal engine so uh yeah we're going to be building all of our sets that can work with this not just this one volume so i 100 percent think we will see large arenas and maybe even smaller um smaller square rooms that aren't so round so like you could like change the what's on a wall of a house as they walk through it wouldn't mm-hmm. that be weird? So that would be cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think they'll still have it, but I I, I fully expect them to, to be doing um, more of those. But uh, Obi Wan, that's exciting. I want I want to see this show. Right? We've we've wanted to see an Obi Wan series for how long now? Um, forever. It's been a bit. Fifteen years probably. So <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, the upcoming animated movie from Disney, uh, dropped its first trailer this week um and uh i'm sure you're right on it mike uh watching this mm-hmm. um i think it looks fun it looks like a great movie yeah. little little fun looks, movie 
Yeah, if you uh, fell in love with uh, Avatar The Last Airbender this year when it came back to Netflix, uh, I think you'll see a lot of similar uh, influences here. I mean, this is an animated movie uh, that's made by uh, animation professionals, and everybody in animation uh, loves Avatar The Last Airbender because it's such a good series. And you can see a lot of the inspiration there, right? You have like her big animal friend that's like a hybrid of, looks like two different animals, like a roly-poly and, I don't know, maybe a bear or some sort of mammal. They did that all the time in Avatar of mashing two characters together. I saw a side by side where her kind of blue tunic, I think, is maybe what you how you describe it. Mm-hmm. Looks a lot like um, looks a lot like uh, not Korra, um, Katara in um, in Avatar: The Last Airbender. So there's a lot of similarities there, and I'm sure uh, a lot of similarities with a lot of other Asian culture stuff. So it looks cool to me. Yeah. Um, Looks pretty badass. We haven't. Did they show? They didn't technically show any dragon in the trailer. I, right? I did not see anything or heard anything about what this last dragon really is. Um, the last dragon is actually voiced by um, actress Aquafina, who I believe is also in the Shang Chi movie. Um, but I did not see oh, anything about it as well. That's interesting because this is a very kind of b- besides the, the little comedic stinger kind of at the end. This is a very dramatic trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, as far as I know, Aquafina is a very uh, comedic personality and even voice. So if she's uh, voicing a dragon, I wonder if it's going to be kind of like a funny kind of uh, reveal of like, look at this crazy kooky wacky dragon. The, the last dragon is not what you think it is, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> that's the reveal. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, all of Disney's uh, stuff for the most part uh, has been pretty good because it's weird. They they're com- they compete with Pixar, but they're all owned by the same people, so they're not really competing. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, Moana was great. Uh, I liked the first Frozen. The second Frozen was a little meh for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this looks fun. So, yeah, all of Disney's animated stuff has been good. You know, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, nothing to uh, nothing to yeah. report that's negative here. Yeah, definitely a beautiful film. Um, they didn't really give a whole lot away. Uh, there's the little roly poly dude who seems to be a little funny. It reminds me. This reminds me a lot of Moana um, in terms of the humor and like the the young um, woman's journey to save her country and people uh, a little mm-hmm. bit. But I mean, you know, that's that's not a, a knock on my part. I'm like, yeah, great. We like Moana. Like great. Mm-hmm. I want to see what kind of songs they have in this. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, has there been any confirmations if this is going to be a song movie or I, I've not seen anything like that, but you know, they at least have at least four songs somewhere in this. So uh, give me songs. Uh, I love, <laughs> I've really pivoted in, in my life here on planet earth. Uh, I feel like the first half of my life, I did not want any songs in anything that I watched, but now I'm just like, no songs. Everything needs to be a song. Give me all of the narrative and song, please. Well, uh, I just looked, I just looked here. Uh, Bruno Mars is, uh, confirmed to be in it as a, as a voice, Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, these are all, you know, oh, those singers. are all singers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Dave Batista as well. So, um, as a voice actor, <laughs> not, not quite the singer that I know, but mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to hear him sing. <laughs> he can do it. And then lastly, again, just to tie it back to, to, to other nerd cultures, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, who played Rose Tico in Star Wars is the voice of Raya. Uh, and also, I didn't even think of that the whole time I was watching. I like, this was like, that came up later. I'm like, Voice actress is doing great. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. convincing to me. So, uh, nothing against it. I think this is uh, looks like a fun little fun little movie. Will, yeah, I'm down. We'll get on that later. Um, gonna move on to the big topic this week: Justice League. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with this. Um, this is this is, <laughs> this is definitely a lot coming at me here. So every every time we have Snyder cut news, I do not know how to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the biggest thing here, uh, Jared Leto, his version of the Joker will be making an appearance in this movie. He's on set for the refilming they're doing right now. 
so <laughs> what he wasn't was he even in the first one to begin with God, I don't know. I feel like the all of Snyder's stuff outside of Man of Steel, so, you know, basically Justice League and Batman Superman, I just can't remember what was in what movie, right? Mm. You know, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and unbury the lead here. We're going to be talking about Deathstroke here in a second. I was trying to think where was Deathstroke in this? I like I don't He was he was in the Stinger scene. uh with so, he was on the boat. But at the end of which movie though? Justice Batman League. versus Superman, right? Ju- no, it was um Justice League because um Jesse uh, Eisenberg, Eisenberg, his character Lex Luthor was back out on the boat at the end of that movie. Oh yeah, because he's his stinger in Batman is for Superman is he's in jail. Yes, and he and, and he's losing his uh, hair okay. or whatever. Yeah. See, like I just uh, it's just all I don't know what's where. Like there's a good chance that Snyder's just pulling stuff from BVS and throwing it in Justice League. Like, no, no, no. This was in my original cut. Like like we said at the top of the show, is he really cutting anything anymore? There's no more cutting. Yeah. He's pasting. He's getting new stuff. He's going back to Hobby Lobby. He's getting new stuff, and he's just throwing jewelry and like decorations on it. Like yeah. it's like this is. I mean, you know what? More power to him because like if you're gonna be giving me something that I've already paid to watch, you know, this just goes back to us paying for the extended edition yeah. edition of Batman vs Superman, thinking it was gonna make a difference, and it really didn't uh, ultimately. Yeah. And I had to pay for that one. So like, if I'm already paying for HBO Max, you know, just give me something crazy. Like you know if those executives are dumb enough to give him more money use all of the money that you can peel off of them and just sure throw jared leto in there like go hire new actors you know what put a fourth act onto the film i don't care well here's the thing this was the the reason this brought up is people like well does this mean that he's going to do an air cut of the uh, the suicide squad with more with more jared leto to fill that out to fill out this movie and you I'm know like, what? I ha- Put it all together. Trash. It's not even Justice League Snyder cut anymore. Just call it like um, the Snyder's DC uh, season one. Oh, uh, and it's just uh, like electric just boogaloo. Re- yeah, he just like you just cut back and forth. You know, like they do it in TV shows all the time. You cut from A story to the B story. Guess what? Now the A story is Justice League. The B story is Suicide Squad. Bring them all back in. They can all join together in the climax, and they can all fight whatever CG creature you want to fight. Right? Yeah. And you can just do both cuts at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is wild. He wasn't in there that I can think of to begin with. But then they, I, the other thing is that someone saw uh, was a, a League of Legends stream that Joe Manganiello is rocking his Deathstroke hairstyle. Then they confirmed that he's going to be in a, on, he's on set right now too. Um, and they, they're they going to take his end credit scene and put it back into the movie where it was supposed to be, not at the end of the movie. Um, on top of that, Ben Affleck, Ray Fisher, and Amber Heard, who played Mara, are all on set right now filming. Oh my God, Amber Heard! Why are you there? Well, I guess chronologically, she she was I mean, in the she, movie. Yeah, she did the air oh, bubble. Yeah, they did the was. air bubble scene in the. In yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I'm just trying to make sense of all that. I thought Amber Heard met Jason Momoa in Aquaman. Like, no, I guess they were technically in Justice League. Oh, yeah, because he went, he went, he went to uh, like Atlantis <laughs> and was like. I need a trident or my outfit or something, and she's like air bubble in the water. And then the was it just uh, Justin Lin? I think you did Aquaman or whatever. He was like, "We're not doing the air bubble in Aquaman. Uh, they're just gonna talk underwater like fish people would." So uh, yeah, I don't know. Ray Fisher, he's all against DC right now as well. Uh, ben Affleck, he's not even the newest Batman anymore. Like he's out. So I, I don't know what's going on, Mike. This is <laughs> this is uh, quite it's wild. the. This reminds me of the new zombies. <laughs> Uh, Skittles, where one of them's uh, or a couple <laughs> of them taste really bad, but like some are really good. So 
we don't know I, if we're going to get yet. I, I will say one a tragedy one tragedy from kind of Snyder's universe ending was we never got to see Manganello do anything cool. Yeah. Right? He just stands there in his costume. He looks badass. There was even some like pre-released like kind of uh, the, set the test footage, um, yeah. Test footage of him just being badass and that and that, like so like I just want to see him like swing the sword like fight something. Like I don't, it doesn't even have to be a superhero. Just like just like battle somebody with that uniform cuz it's really cool and you know we may never see it again but I, I suppose if you're bringing them back at least have them do a flip you yeah. know have them do something cool yeah, do, uh, you know I you know I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to, to the beginning of this is bringing the ghostbusters Mike they're gonna <laughs> fight ghosts and they're all gonna team up together the the, the Justice League and the ghostbusters and they're like you know what Bustin makes us feel good let's oh take down gosh. let's take down these like, par- they're parademons Mike <laughs> those are like ghosts right so I mean it's we're pretty close wow. here wow yeah, you got to throw in the Suicide Squad. You know, it's the whole kitchen sink, you yeah. know, methodology. You know, just throw it all in there. You know, it's like the opposite. You know, you had Patton Oswald on Parks and Rec back in the day who did that uh, filibuster where Star he brought Wars, in all of the Disney filibuster. Marvel stuff together. You know what? You just need Patton Oswald to head on over to DC and just pitch something else. Like, all right, let's get the Suicide Squad in here. And then everybody dies well, at the end. And then the new Suicide okay. Squad from uh, James Gunn comes he, in. He, here's the thing. They're not going to take his idea, though. I mean, I mean Jack, Zack Snyder is not going to listen to anybody but himself. And, and that's that's where we're at right now. So we're going to see. Uh, the other thing is on this firm, the, the, the Snyder cut, the director's cut, whatever they end up calling it, um, John Berg and Jeff Johns will have elected to remove their names as producers from this movie because they did not work on this version of the film. Um, so if you like the first one better, you can thank them. If you like this one better, you can unthink them. So <laughs> that's what it boils down to. Apparently this does not have anything uh, to do with the legal battle they're having with Ray Fisher over whatever that happened there. Yeah, so, well, I believe Ray, Ray Fisher's beef was more with uh, Joss Whedon than it, anybody else. It was all three. He's named all three of them now. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's getting big. It's getting big. So, um, but Ray Fisher... I, I, o- he's, he's I only laugh. I only laugh because I, I just have not been keeping track yeah. of it. This could be all very real. This could all be very, uh, uh, you know, very honest truth-telling, but I, uh, I just, I've just lost all track of it. It, it is. It's, I, I want to know what the end result's going to be, and that's that's really where I want to stand. What What's the actual truth, and how did it play out? So It feels like litigating, uh, litigating like the... Um, the the heir and fortune that like a loved one leaves behind when they die but then they came back as a zombie so now you don't really know what to do like oh we all thought you were dead and we were arguing about your yeah. money but now you're back so because we wait a little bit longer yeah. so <laughs> weird scenario yeah yeah put them on ju- uh, judge judy let her figure it out yeah yeah i'd like that do that Speaking of Suicide Squad, we got uh, the upcoming um, Empire magazine cover. It features the new Suicide Squad and full cast here. It looks pretty fun. I always forget Weasel's in this. Um, oh, Chris, that's the first place I went. That it is. When I, when I opened up, because there's like two covers. They're they're like the exact yeah. same thing. I just I think it's just like two well, different photos. Well, one's got James Gunn in the middle, and they're all like relaxed and happy, but this oh, is the official yeah. movie one. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I was just like, okay, where's that weird weasel? And he's yeah. just in the background yeah. being creepy as hell. And they use the same weasel photo, and then they got King Shark looking pretty cool back there. Uh, again, if you've not seen Harley Quinn on HBO Max, I'd recommend it. And then all the other characters I don't remember. I know John Cena, um, he's getting his own TV show, so he's up there uh, with this big shiny dome uh, on. And um, was it Nathan Fillion over here as well? So I think I think the guy who plays Rick Flagg looks more fit for this movie than he did in the first one. It looks like he's he bulked up a bit. 
he's the most normal person. Yeah. I think <laughs> he this. is the only normal person. You know? <laughs> he just has to lead them. So I, yeah, I think this is, this is cool. You know, I mean, it's coming along. There's a lot of hype. James Gunn's been doing great. So, um, do that. I've included, if you don't know who any of the characters are, um, I've included it in our notes so you can look up who the character is and who the actor is and try to line them up because, you know, SEO purposes mostly, but they're there for you guys. If you want to look at them, um, I think it's fine. Right. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Moving on. Arrowverse. Mark Guggenheim has stepped away from the Arrowverse. This universe he helped create. Apparently he's been gone or like not doing a whole lot for a while, but he's like officially doing it. Like crisis on infinite earth was like his last big event. And when arrow kind of ended there. So, um, I mean, there, there wasn't a whole lot left anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Arrowverse is over super, well, super girls, super girls, his, and then legends of tomorrow, I think was his other project he helped kick off, but you know, that's yeah. evolved into something different now. Yeah. I feel like legends can't have that much more. I mean, even yeah. if like, I'm, even if it has an audience and even if it has like, a, even if it's having quality stories, I just feel like, you know, like all of these other shows, it's just going to run out of runway uh, at some point in time. So yeah, there's just not a whole lot of well, universe there for him to uh, oversee. Yeah. And, and a, lot, a lot of his stuff is, has gone, right? Like, so it's not like it's, um, he, he was doing a whole lot anyway and that's fine, but his mm-hmm. focus is going to be on the green lantern show. Uh, which we got a little bit of news from that. And he was at like an online comic con this week. Uh, he says the HBO max show of green lantern is going to be written like a TV series across eight episodes. I believe he said, but produced like a movie, uh, like the so, quality of a film. So I guess, is that kind of like Feige talk <laughs> that what Feige has given us for these Disney plus shows? Yeah, pretty it kind much. of sounds like a similar way to say it. Yeah. Cause, cause uh, he, he said Guggenheim, he doesn't believe that eight to 10 episode series can be written and filmed like one long movie. Um, because there's always like flabby episodes in the middle. And I would agree mm-hmm. if you go look at all the Netflix Marvel shows they did, um, 13 episodes was what, five too long? Ooh, um, yeah, there's flat, there's flab in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, like you gotta trim that fat and keep it, keep it a very lean show. So I agree with him there. Um, but I did not know he's also part of 2011's Green Lantern. It's like part of the writing production team on that. So it's like, do we, do we need to give you Green Lantern again? Um, but apparently they, they didn't use his script at the end. They were I like, guess I guess there's still stuff swirling around Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Uh, like, I guess his account had liked a tweet that was talking about, like, Snyder's, like, cut of something. I don't know. Oh, there was a, so jo- there it, was a joke that he was going to be in it, um, like, do a cameo in the Snyder Cup. But that, didn't, that was just, like, a joke that he was yeah, doing. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like Ryan Reynolds is still very much... Still very much attached uh, to uh, Warner Brothers in some way, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we'll be seeing him again at some point in time at, at over yeah. at that studio. Yeah, and I looked up here. Greg Berlanti and Mark Guggenheim both did the screenplay and story by, but apparently, if you look it up, the director just totally went off script for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, good, good for them. Good, good for them. <laughs> I'm really curious to see how this Green Lantern show is going to turn out, right? Yeah. Because the Arrowverse shows have a very particular feel to them. Like, at times, they can be really fun. They can be campy. But I think everyone will agree that they're very cheap, right? Mm-hmm. You're making, like, 20 episodes of a superhero TV show with VFX in every single episode. Like, yeah, you're gonna you're stretching that budget to hell. You're just trying to get them on the air as soon as you can. So... If you yeah. trim it down to eight to ten episodes, and you're given a lot more money, I hope that they can that every all of these creatives involved prove that they can make something really premium, right? Yeah. Because I never think of the Arrowverse and think premium at yeah. any point. So hopefully they they can kind of make that jump and it, really use that extra money. Well, apparently this is not tied to the Arrowverse. Thankfully, um, it just mm. his name was. So hopefully, like yeah, I agree, like 
he's not stuck in the mindset of, you know, what was it? 2011, 2012 when green arrow started. Um, yeah. Do you, you don't have to cut any corners with this budget. Hopefully. Yeah. Or, you know, it, you just stay true to the characters and let the production team worry about the production, right? Like let them make sure it looks good. Don't, don't worry about it. Just write your script, write your stories, tell your characters, and, and go that mm-hmm. way. I'm excited for it. Again, Green Lantern is one of my favorite DC characters. I have a bunch of their books behind me on my shelf here. Um, and, you know, they're sci-fi. They're 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 about, you know, again, the rings are the emotional spectrum, and they're like rainbow colors, and there's all sorts of fun stuff in there that you can do visually. Because, like, again, a Green Lantern, they don't have physical powers. They create constructs out of their rings, right? So you're going to have to have a CG budget to make this work, or otherwise you're just like... Uh, he's got no powers. He can just punch people. So <laughs> that's 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 exciting. And some interesting news here, Mike. I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, Sony, I believe, who's the company behind this, um, or maybe maybe I don't know who does James Bond. They are shipping or shopping this movie, No Time to Die, to streaming services They're like Apple, Apple, and Netflix. Um, that's like a Freudian slip, Chris, because, you know, when you ship people together, you know, you're yeah. kind of creating a romantic entanglement. Exactly. And so, then I said uh, Napple because uh, I, yeah. I moved them together. But, like, so they're wanting to – They apparently every delay of this is costing them money, right, of this film, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense. They, they do all the advertising, and then they they can't use any of it. Um, and, and it's gone. So they're, they're wanting – I think this is, like, next year uh, right now. But, like, they want to – put it off and they're wanting someone to buy this for about $600 million to put on their streaming service. So I am all for this, but damn, that's a price tag. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, who has the wallet for that? Definitely not Quibi. That's not going to be safe. That would be hilarious. So if Quibi has like one last ditch effort to uh, save their streaming service, it'll put James Bond on there. Oh, that'd be hilarious. But I mean, it, to me, it seems like Apple, right? Doesn't it just, when you think of the James Bond aesthetic, doesn't like Apple seem to make the most fit? No. I mean, that's that, I don't think that's really how you make business decisions, but it seems like Apple's got the cash, right? I mean, that's probably one of the biggest downsides uh, for Apple Plus. Is that what it's called? Apple Plus? Yeah. Apple yeah, Plus. Apple Plus. That's one of their biggest downsides right now is nobody's talking about it. They actually have good stuff on there. We've watched a couple things on Apple Plus. Um, I've been hearing good things about Ted Lasso. That's supposed to be a good show. But beyond that, nobody's talking about it. Nothing over there is viral. Nobody's sharing screenshots. Nobody's making memes out of any stuff that's over at Apple Plus. So, I mean, if they want eyeballs, if they want headlines, if they want people subscribing for it, like maybe that's what Apple needs to do is drop, you know, over half a billion dollars to acquire like a big movie that a lot of people want to see like i don't think netflix needs it right i mean netflix would much rather buy like they they want the opposite of the spectrum they want to buy a movie on the cheap that gets a lot of eyeballs uh but also is not good so they're looking for that kind of very specific you know i think like you know cloverfield paradox right um, I don't know. Maybe this is something Apple could pull off. I mean, I guess Bezos over at Amazon Prime might be able I'd to. I say Amazon uh, was the other that. one because I, I watched all of the when I started watching the James Bond movies. They were on the Amazon service, right? You could go there and pick all the James Bond movies and go through them. So that's mm-hmm. where I kind of put it to that um, was that. But you know, I again, I think Apple would need something huge to lock in their subscribers, right? You want to sell. Uh, so my TV has Apple TV Plus built into it, and I can watch it there. But like, if you don't have an Apple TV compatible device, you need you would need to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, that runs the point of you know, are people who just have Apple phones going to watch it? Um, you you want to push it towards a, a bigger screen experience um, to get that return. So 
I could go either way. I, I want to watch this movie. I, I, and I, I want to see it in the theater, of course, but like maybe release it in the theater later, but get it on a streaming service now kind of thing. Maybe. It seems like if Apple did it, they would maybe tie it to an announcement, right? They mm-hmm. usually, if they're thinking that this could possibly be coming out on a streaming service maybe next year, I think what maybe in, is it March when well, Apple usually does an event? Yeah, there's a March. Or well, there, there's two, one more event left for this year. Remember they, they announced their Apple silicone products oh yeah the, the new macbooks so that come on so the macbooks chips. and the imacs would be a great experience to watch this movie on our newest computers with the highest resolution screens mm-hmm. uh would be one way to do it but or they could but so the problem is with the one in march it's all tablet fit focus so you're like hey watch it on, on your ipad i don't know uh it, it, who am i to tell people where to watch movies but you know that's i don't know i don't know what that is i how do you how do you uh i mean what would you want to watch this on the streaming service, or would you you want to wait till theaters to watch it? Oh, I think James Bond would be a great thing for me to watch streaming yeah. because I've kind of checked out of Daniel Craig's uh, Bond franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I saw Casino Royale and I had a great time, and then it's just kind of been a, been a wishy washy experience ever since then. I haven't even seen the the most recent one, Spectre. Uh, that. Yeah, I haven't seen Spectre, so it's just like, yeah, I'm just I'm just not invested in it. So if it was just streaming on a service I already pay for, yeah, yeah. I'd watch it. I mean, I think I uh, I saw Skyfall and Spectre in theaters. Um, my, my 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 story of James my first James Bond movie I ever watched was actually Casino Royale, um, mm. but I played the the hell out of Goldeneye. Uh, but I just never watched <laughs> the movie on here. But like you know, Skyfall, beautiful movie. I'm glad I gotta go watch that in theaters. Um, Spectre could probably care less if I saw that in theaters right now. Um, so No Time to Die has definitely got me kind of like in the same boat where I'm like, I'd probably watch it at home. That's fine with me. So give me give me something to do. I, I want to see this. I want to see this happen, and we need to get... I mean, we don't need to, but I would love to have some content out that we could watch this movie, this quality stuff that's not like, hey, we, throw, we threw this together really fast. Good luck kind of thing. So knock on wood, Mike. We'll see how this, this plays out. Yeah. On the flip side here, Uncharted, the movie that is in production. I'm going to show you, Mike. You get Mark Wahlberg with a sully mustache here on Instagram. You click on it. It's going to play some sound. Be careful. But it's just Marky Mark um, with his big old mustache there. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I clicked on it hoping that he would... I don't know, maybe reveal what voice he might be using for Sully. No. <laughs> I mean, Sully has one of those, if you've never played the games before, he has this great gravelly voice that just sounds like a guy that's been smoking cigars his whole life, you know? And, like, I, I Mark Wahlberg's voice is miles away from that. He's, like, yeah. he has this, like, he a walking here. Yeah. So it's just, like, I do not picture him. Like, it's hard to me, for me to imagine him even putting on an accent to be Scully. But then also I try to think, think well this is technically kind of a younger drake but at the same time like once you get to a certain age you kind of stop changing you know yeah. i can imagine tom holland growing up and growing into the role of nathan drake but it's just like sully like i think in the video games i would may maybe say he's in his late 50s 60s mm-hmm. you know he's kind of coming up close to retirement age so it's just like even when nathan drake was younger sully was still an old guy you know he's got that old man mustache so I honestly didn't even know Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be Sully, so yeah. there was a lot well, of there was a lot of news to intake with this one link here in our show. Yeah, notes. yeah, Mark Wahlberg is Sully because Tom Holland is playing a much younger Nathan Drake. Uh, again, like I said, the, the the time scale slides down. They wanted Mark Wahlberg to be Nathan Drake uh, a long time ago, but he obviously aged out of the role, uh, much like um, uh, Nolan North who voiced him. Right, he can't go back voice well. Yeah. But we have the, the mustache. 
The mustache looks good on him. I would say yeah. he looks like Sully, but yeah. the voice is 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 not there. For well, me. I mean, they will ADR a lot of it. I'm sure he's just doing this weird Instagram post because this whole is a reaction to Tom Holland's first look as Nathan Drake in this movie, and uh, he appears to be um, in this photo. I, I saw an article saying fans were divided. I don't know how you can be divided about this, Mike. This um, looks this, like Nathan Drake. Ooh. It's great. Not not only is is the costume just like perfect from head to toe. They're like this is just the spitting image of Nathan Drake. He is in the perfect setting. He is like his character is at home at his peak when he's on like a blown up artifact, and it looks like this is like maybe a ship that is like shipwrecked on some sort of mysterious island where he's going to go treasure hunting and scaling stuff. I mean, like there are plenty of set pieces mm-hmm. within the four games, and technically there's five games where there's like blown up, ripped to shards, like splinters of wood. So I mean, everything. About about oh, this yeah. picture to me screams um screams uncharted he's got the, the like i said the the long sleeve shirt pushed up to his elbows he's got straps on those look like gun holsters maybe um around him that he's mm-hmm. got there a ring around his neck of some kind um yeah. the 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 core is nailed like it looks like a set piece from the game like you you got to run through here and get to the next one you're gonna have to jump through some of these broken windows yeah like if you kind of if you look at it a certain way you could almost think i mean as, as we've seen video game makers changing the faces to look like tom holland this looked like it could be a screenshot from like the next gen uh uncharted game and mm. you know it looks so good i mean that ring is very very iconic to the series at that age he would have that ring around his neck still so now, this is this this is this is great. I, I just hope the story gets there, right? I mean, I never got around to watching um, that new uh, Tomb Raider movie that came yeah. out, uh, but it sounds like it was just kind of okay. I hope this isn't just okay. I want this movie to be great. Yeah, and you've got you know you, you get Mark Wahlberg, Tom Holland, big name uh, actors. Ruben Flesher was the director. Um, uh, is the director, and so I think I think you've got a lot of um, things in his favor. Uh, and this has been a long time coming for this movie, so. Um, Looks like uh, looks looks good to me from the looks, Mike. I mean, we don't know what the movie lo- is going to be, but let's cross our fingers. It looks as good as these photos. Mm-hmm. Lastly, Mike has graciously offered, graciously to hold <laughs> off watching the aforementioned um, jujitsu trailer we brought up last week on the show. Um, he didn't watch it; he saved it because he wants to do it live on the show for you guys right now at the end of the show <laughs> actually to truth be told i just forgot to watch it when chris brought it up at the end of last week's show uh so when we when we kicked off our recording session day i was like oh yeah that nicholas cage movie i never watched that trailer mm. so yeah i'm gonna watch it here live on the show chris is basically uh just gonna cut out the the minute 48 oh, yeah. seconds of silence and then you're just gonna hear my uh, first reaction of this wildness that he says i'm gonna experience oh you're gonna totally experience i had i had i had listeners right in about this already mike so so let's jump into it you ready to go uh yeah i want you to give me a countdown i got it ready and ready to go okay four three two one go Oh no. Oh no. What is this? What? Oh no. What? The Spaceman. The Space. That's Crab Man. <laughs> oh my god. 
my god. Oh my god. My God, yeah, I can go. fly too, mm -hmm. and a couple front flips to go with that. Oh my God, this is this is total Nick Cage in uh, the prime of his late stage career, just being so weird. I was honestly expecting it to maybe be a little bit more. Um, a little bit more high budget and it's not that alien is just in a bunch of hockey pads and they did some weird sort of effect on his helmet uh frank grillo and crab man from my name is earl uh looks like they're gonna be in here uh it doesn't look like crab man is doing any sort of uh doing any sort of jujitsu so he might just be a side character i think i saw um i, I can't remember any actors names right now i think i saw senior chang from um from community in there what's his name again um he's in the he's one of the judges in the voice um, you you mean um the mass singer yeah the yeah the mass singer i can't think of his name but i think i saw him in there uh wow that is just uh <laughs> chris that's crazy i everyone's got to go watch this trailer it's hilarious yeah. it's like it's hilarious it's kind of cringy uh, i told you it's but, un, it's on like nicholas cage leans into the psychotic craziness in this like he's like oh. he's like He's, what do you he say? He's like, I, I, he said, I'm crazy or something like. Like he even says it in the trailer. He's like, Yep, we know, man. We know you're yeah. good. Oh, I can fly too. Gosh. Wow, I'm I'm glad I'm glad I waited to watch that. This looks like a video on demand. It has it written all over it. I don't know if I saw a theater release date anywhere on there, but this looks like it's just begging to be like you know six ninety nine on Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, wow. It's maybe maybe they'll put it on a what what you might call it a. Uh, premium access on Disney Plus for you, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm the first to say I don't think I technically really know what jujitsu is. I know it's a martial arts and it's a fighting style. Uh, I mean, I saw some like punches and some grapples and some flips. I don't know if that's jujitsu by definition, but uh, <laughs> wow, wow is all I have to say. Jujitsu. Yeah, go trailer in the show notes. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is uh, this is exactly what I was talking about last week. This is something you don't want to miss out on because this is going to be a guilty pleasure movie later this year, Mike, <laughs> when it comes out uh, or next year, whatever. But uh, it, it's essentially the Predator, but with Mortal Kombat rules. So mm -hmm. um, definitely wild. All right. Well, thanks for doing that for us, Mike. I always appreciate your reactions. <laughs> no problem. All right. Well, um, I think that's it for the show. Again, just a reminder that Bustin makes us feel good. Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> I'm trying to throw it in here as much as I can this week. I actually. So I'm right at the end of the episode. I can tell you, um, listener of the show, Adam, big Ghostbusters fan, told me he's like, I bet you can't get it in there more than once. I'm like, you watch me get this phrase <laughs> in this episode. So I didn't want to lean you, learn you into it until we. Till we talked about well, it. So. Well, we had to get in as much as possible because uh, when you tune in uh, next week, it'll officially be November. Uh -huh. And depending on how uh, stringent you are with your holidays, you're either in Thanksgiving mode or you're in Christmas mode. And I guess it also depends on the part of the world that you're in. You, who knows what mode you're in in November? But yeah, we got to get all the Halloween stuff out before this episode wraps up. Exactly. Exactly. So if people want to know what you're doing, what you're up to, where they can find you at. 
Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, uh, Valdan87, or hit me up on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. You can talk to me there or play with me uh, on some video games. If you're on Xbox or PlayStation, hit me up. I like to play with the listeners, have some good time. We can shoot some yeah. stuff in Fortnite or play Avengers, whatever we do. Yeah, go play with Chris because Bustin makes him feel good. Exactly. Thank you. I'm glad you're in on it now because it's, it's it feels forced at this point. Um, <laughs> but it's a good time. So, yeah, hit me up there. Uh, people want to know more about the show, where they can listen to us at. Where can they find that at? Leave us a review, oh, maybe? We have a beautiful hub, also known as a website at superheroslate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. Uh, Lord knows that's the only place you're going to find that jujitsu trailer anywhere out there online. I, I assume people are not talking about it anymore, so if you want an easy way to get that, that's in our show notes. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Please like us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. Like Chris said, uh, we love it when people uh, reach out and talk to us, uh, let us know what you want to talk about, but we also love reviews. So if you want to leave a review for the show, if you haven't already, we love that wherever you love to listen to us. And we love the super fans of our show. So if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you have to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance, uh, bust until you feel good, and uh, you'll be a super fan of the show. Yep, that's right. We'll catch you guys every week, including next week. Have a happy Happy Halloween. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry. That's hard to say really fast. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry. Well, hallelujah, Mike. You almost did it.